0: It's not something that I commend you to do. When I tell you to clap, or to tell you to stand up and give him praise, it's something the Word of God says. That you get out of bed this morning, and you're here in your right mind. That's what's important. It's not about being politically correct. You know, the Pharisees tried to be politically correct, and Jesus rebuked them. The word don't happen by saying everything just right. We are who we are. It comes by the word of God and what's down deep in your heart. When you wake up in the morning, you should be thinking Jesus. When you go to bed at night and lay your head on the pillow, you should be thinking Jesus. It's only Jesus and the guardian angels that's going to let your heart keep thumping and keep breathing and everything else that goes on in your life. Cause God has it in control. It's about him, that we worship him, that we honor him. How many ever saw the movie The Gladiator? Okay, Russell Crowe, you know the story. I'm not going to go into the whole scenario of the story. But if you pay close attention, he actually gave his life. It appeared that the emperor took his life, but he actually gave his life. He was willing because his heart, his heart, was in the kingdom. His heart was in the people. His heart was doing what's right for Rome, not to do what was evil. The emperor, you know, I look at him, I, I say my wife when we watch something, like that. I said, he must have been a Democrat. Because <laughs> the only way they gain territory is doing things dishonest. If you notice, when his father bowed before him to humble himself, his dad was humbling himself when he kneeled before his son. And he said, son, you just don't have the qualifications. You're trying to be something you're not. What highly irritated him, because he pointed the kingdom to somebody else. And you have to take life for what it is. If you don't have the qualifications... Like I argued with God for a long time to stand behind here. Because it's not about being politically correct. It's about listening to your spirit over your mind, your will, and your emotions. And that's difficult to do for a lot of people. Because you should be praying desperately before you even come here. That you just don't come like a bump on a log and and warm a pew. And then get your ideologies of what you think the kingdom is. Or all the mindsets that you entertain. But when Russell Crowe went out there, see, and it was in the emperor's son to do what he did. And he took the father and he squeezed his head tight against his lapel and he suffocated him. He asphyxiated him to kill his father because he had such anger because he wanted his father. He said, all I wanted was for you to love me. But that was not the point. That was not the point. And he suffocated his dad and imprisoned the one that was supposed to be chosen but the one who was supposed to be chosen still fulfilled the proper thing he fulfilled by giving his life and the last dying words that Russell Crowe uttered he said free my people free my people a typical Christ when Christ hung on the cross and in his dying breath he said father Forgive them. Forgive them. They know not what they do. A lot of people don't realize what they do. I got a piercing word this morning, before I even started service, about some ugliness that someone said about me before I even got ready to preach. See, the enemy wanted to stop me to deteriorate but I, it's what I have in my soul, not in my in my mind, not in my soul, but in my spirit. I want you to turn with me to James 5:16. We're talking about humility versus pride. Humility is a requirement of God. As a child of God, the requirement is to be humble. Mm-hmm. Now, the how many read the scripture, the sowing of the seed? You ever read the scripture? You can find it, Matthew, Mark, Luke. But in Mark, I think it's four fifteen, where it said, The enemy come to steal the word. He wants to steal the word. Like he'll get you distracted. He'll give you, he'll give you one of those migraines that Jane had for a month and all of a sudden this morning, because this message is mostly for you or for everyone. Some people said to me, well, I heard that before. Yeah, but you need to be humble. And you need a prayer of attitude that the person that didn't get it needs to get it. There's a lot of people sitting here didn't get it the last time. Or they weren't here because they had to work or whatever else cropped up, and they didn't get to hear the message. But now they need to hear it. And we're supposed to be in a prayer of attitude when we come in here, Father, because the Bible says, "Esteem others above yourself." Stop thinking of yourself all the time. Now, this may seem a little harsh, but it's not. It's a, it's really a good lesson if you take it for what it is. Now, God, God said. Moses was one of the meekest persons on the face of the planet. He never said that about anybody else. So when I read the story, I understand why.
1: I only have a handful of people.
0: He had approximately three million. I'd have, liked them. I'd have been drinking something. If there was nothing to drink, I'd have squeezed some weeds and tried to make something to drink. Or a roll of weed and smoke it or something. Putting up with 3 million people, I mean, all day long it says they were coming and bombarding with problems, issues, fussing, complaining, hissing, growling, chewing, moaning, this, that, like nobody else on the planet has troubles. I tell people, I'm a pastor, I got got problems just like you do. I get ugly words said to me just like you. I'm have prayed real good last night in my office. I'm have to study and took this word and it might have blessed me abundantly. I get it first. But then all of a sudden, the devil shot an arrow at me first thing this morning and tried to wound my spirit of an ugly testimony somebody give about me now it's amazing how the enemy works but you see the key is that I found the scripture that as an infant the reason I asked you about the scripture about the seed is at the end of the message it says some 30 some 60, and some a hundred fold now a lot of people always like to focus on money. But it's more than money. It's, it's Christian growth, Christian maturity. Some mature 30-fold. Some mature 60-fold. Some mature, we go from infant to adolescent to adult. You go through stages spiritually just as you do naturally. You were crawling around when you were an infant. Then you become an adolescent. Now you're walking, mowing the yard and doing whatever. Now you're an adult. You own a house and you have your own lawn to mow. You go through a process, there's a process of growing, and, and it's always parallel. What is natural? God said, you know, people think it's hard. They make the gospel hard. They make it hard because they're like the Pharisee. They try to be politically correct. You gotta say it just right. It's gotta be just right. If you didn't say it just right. And all they gotta do is read what Jesus, Jesus answered. He said, go away and learn what this means. He was backhanding them. He was being sarcastic. Go away and learn what that means, because you don't even know what you're talking about. There they were trying to tell God. That was God in the flesh. They were trying to tell God he didn't know what he was talking about. And when you have God in you speaking through you, that's what the politics of still trying to do today. They try to tell the pastor. I'm always having people dictating to me. They think I don't know what I'm teaching. I live the thing. When you live it, then you come tell me. People that honor and respect the pastor's title. I'm not just Tom. The pastor I sat on never respected me. He never called me brother. Not once. And call me brother. Just called me Tom. I'm just Tom. He just threw it out there like a disdain. Hello? I'm pastor. I'm pastor. God gave me a title. I'm pastor. And a person that said what they said, and I got the news this morning, that they said don't know what they're talking about. I like when people throw that stuff at you that they don't know what they're talking about. But I did not learn what I went through. Let me read this to you. You can go through things, and people wrestle with these. Where's Jenna? Can you turn it up just a little? My voice is a little froggy in the morning. The air condition usually kills my voice. James 5 and 16. I'm just going to read that one verse to you. Confess your faults one to another. That's the first key. Now that's not easy. If you don't operate in humility, you want to kick them in the leg, you want to punch them in the face, you want to flatten their tower, you want to burn their house down, whatever comes up in your attitude of getting equal... To that person, come on, church, talk to me. You know, I'm telling you the truth. That's right. I'm talking about me now. That way, I don't hair loop anybody. The incident that I went through with my mother in law, I told you, like 40 some years ago now. I mean, she's dead and with the Lord, hopefully. And pray one for another. That you that you might be healed. Now the context here of healing is talking about the biggest wound man carries. Who can tell me what the biggest wound is, you carry? Huh? The heart. The heart. Come on, some of you lived your whole life with a wounded heart. The last thing they did was take that spear and plunge it up through his ribcage to the inner man where blood and water gushed out. He got a bruising for your heart. It was towards his heart. It represented symbolically the heart of man that's bruised. And we have people to bruise. I know what it is to be bruised. I've been bruised. I'm going to read a scripture to you, the fowls of the air. Turn with me, if you wouldn't somebody read it for me. Would you please, Ephesians 2, 2. Hunt that up and read it for me. It help you let you participate today. You are, you <coughs> Ephesians 2, 2. If you have it, go ahead and read it. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the son of disobedience. Now read it one more time. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. In which you once walked. Now it's talking about a person that's become born again. You walked that way when you were a non-believer. But now he said, which you walk, go ahead. According to the prince and the power of the air. The prince and the power of the air. It's talking about Satan being the head of demons. And those demons are called foul spirits or birds. They Some places they call them foul, F-O-U-L. The foul spirits infester. And if you don't study and find this out, you won't know where all your attack comes from. You'll constantly, your whole life, your whole Christian life, till Jesus takes you home or you go in the grave, whichever comes first, you'll be tormented by these fouls. because they infester the air that you breathe. They're even bold enough they come in the church and they try to infester the church. That's why I got the message I got this morning, to destroy my spirit before I even get to preach this message. That's how they work. They infest the air that you're breathing. You can't see them, but they're here. Sometimes you can feel them. Sometimes you say, boy, did you ever walk into a household, and there's all kind of crazy things going in there, and you say, ooh, my skin's crawling. My hair's standing on in. I got goosebumps that are double-part. Come on, anybody? Don't tell me nobody in here did. I know you did. And you felt it. That was that demon spirit. <coughs> And they infest their cities, towns, rural areas where they can study people. They study the cultures, They study the lifestyles, They study how people live. That's how they know what they know. That's why they're smart. And that's why God wants you to be smart. Because those demons are smart. And they know how to pull you down. They know how to upset you. They know how to frustrate you. They know how to get you aggravated. They know how to push your button. When I was growing up, an infant in the Lord, because I wasn't matured yet, I didn't know this scripture in Ephesians 6 and 12. I didn't know that scripture was there, so I didn't have the weaponry to fight what I was going through. I went through it day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. That thing used to get me so bad where I couldn't eat right, I couldn't sleep right, I couldn't respond right, because this thing was so weighing me down, but I didn't know what it was. My mother-in-law, she got a a, a burr under her saddle, if you've ever heard that saying. And for some reason, the enemy used her to pinpoint me, because he studied my life. And when I was growing up, I was about 12 or 13 years old. i give you my testimony. I was on my grandfather's farm, and my mother's brother. To this day, my mother's been going, and I never shared with my mother what, because I thought she'd slap my face, or that's how parents were at that time when I was growing up. You didn't talk about the family or grandparents or you didn't respect them or whatever, you got your face slapped. It was different than it is today. Kids don't even, they get time out now. <laughs> they leave their little computer aside. Lay that aside for five minutes now like your punishment. No, I took a knife and went down and cut off a willow branch. Made sure I cut a green one. Because the dry ones broke. They wanted to make sure that when they hit you, it wrapped around you three, four times. But it made me a better man, not worse. Now, they didn't cut the blood. They didn't break no bones and all that. That's abuse. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about correction. The Bible says, correct the child. So you've got to do it right. Things have to be done right. They have to be done in the spirit of humility. You have to humble yourself. And my uncle got ticked off for some reason and, he tried to drown me. They had a, down back of the house, they had a, a spring down there. It would always be full of water. I mean, it was a couple feet in there, and it was nice and cold and fresh. And he stuck my head, in, and I got ticked off of me. See, the, the spouse of the air. I know now what it was, but I didn't know then. I didn't understand. Why does my uncle hate me? I didn't do nothing, my uncle. Right? You surmise. Huh? In your mind. Pride tells you, that guy hates me. No, the guy didn't hate me. The guy didn't even know me. Not really know me. There was this evil spirits, those foul spirits of the air that hate you. But they use people to attack you. Is anybody listening to me this morning? Mm-hmm. So that you know where your attack's coming. Your attack's not coming from the deacon. Your attack's not coming from your spouse. Your attack's not coming from your co-worker. Your attack's not coming from the neighbor. They're only a pawn that's being used. They're being used. I just read it to you there in Ephesians. The prince and the power of the air. They study cultures and they know exactly what ticks people off and they'll send people to attack you in that area. And my mother-in-law, right? They, now they, they were supposed to be born-again believers. I say supposed to be because mature believers don't act that way. Hello. Mm-hmm. They'll treat you with respect. They'll love you. They'll pray for you. They try to encourage you. They try to build you up. That's what a believer's supposed to do. Supposed to do. But he said you were once, once. But you have to go back and ask yourself if you haven't developed you've got to develop your Christian experience. If you don't develop it if you you keep sickening, sipping and lying and cussing and and cheating and doing those things your spirit is never going to develop because the pride of life is overrunning your Christian experience. Romans 12 and 2 says you've got to renew this thing. And if you know anything about people who do homes and stuff, brother, you know, you're working. you got to tear everything. you gut got that thing. You yes. tear everything. Carpet, walls. Everything out. Windows. I mean, you tear the whatever the man tells you to tear so that you can rebuild new. And that's what God's telling us we got to do with our mind. you got to get rid of all them mindsets. you got to get rid of Is Pastor Tommy a Baptist? Is he a Methodist? Is he a Prismapillion? Is he... Is he a Catholic? It's not about that. I don't live religiously. I live relationally. I'm non-denomination. There's no orchestration over top of me that tells me how I have to do things politically correct. Because I'm human. I'm not going to do everything politically correct. I'm not going to always say it just right. But you need to get deeper than your mind. Go deeper than your mind. Go deeper than the mindset. Go deeper than the past that you've been taught. But people say to me, well, Pastor, it was good enough for Grandma. It's good enough for me. Did you ever ask Grandma if it was good enough for her? Did you ever ask her the church she attended was good enough? Probably not. Probably not. Well, if it was good enough for Mom. Did you ever ask Mom? I never asked my mother if it was good enough or not. I just told her I got born again and she said, now I'm a religious nut. That's how they responded to me. Well, if you pray and read the word, it won't offend you. If you don't pray and don't read the word and don't have your armor on, you got to have your armor on to protect the helmet of salvation. And the breastplate of righteousness, you've got to put it on because some people say some harsh things to affect you. And the enemy uses those as darts to set you back so that you don't develop and grow from infant to adolescent. Some of us, I know some people, 30, 40 years, and they're still in the infant stage. They never did develop because they don't pray, they don't read the word. They go to church when it suits. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just trying to preach truth. Sometimes truth will pull your shoes back. Put on your military armor and protect yourself. Because it might be a little harsh. Smile a little and you'll accept it easier. Messages are not always easy. Turn to Revelation somebody, please. 18 and 2, 18 and 2, and while you're looking for that, my mother-in-law constantly, at the time I I was out of work, and while I was out of work, of course you can't buy food, you can't pay bills, you, you don't have money to put gas in your car to go look for a job. Cause you need a job to do those things. The devil makes sure he makes everything disarray to you. And she'd come to my house several times a week. And she told my wife, who was her daughter, she said, why don't you divorce that <coughs> sorry sack of whatever. I mean, we're talking several times a week. And this is the lady that and the pastor and I prayed for me was supposed to pray for me that I get saved before me and her daughter got married well I did the power of God for four or five of them who gathered together in my name it will be done and the spirit of the Lord moved on me and I went to church one time I said I'll go one time I didn't know God was setting me up I went one time I said, I'll go one time, and I made up in my mind that was all I was going to go. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, I'll go. But the power of God was more powerful than my mindset. And God began to move on me, and I began to literally shake. I sit in the pew, and I never felt that in church. And, of course, the first thing your mind says, what are they doing? They're putting a hex on me, or what's in this place? i got to get out of here. And it starts making you nervous because you didn't know church was supposed to be like that. And I began to shake and the power of God came on me after a while. Tears started flowing down my face. That was the Spirit of God up here at the little red line Assembly of God on Broadway back in 1966. I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. He shook everything. He shook all the pride out of me. And I humbled myself and I began to cry and weep before God. And I began to ask Him to the Forgive me of any horrible thing that I've done in the past. Forgive me and wash me clean if it's possible. And I believe that. And come up a new man. Now, I was an infant. I understand, I was an infant. Because I didn't pray. I didn't read the Bible. So I, I wasn't developed. I had to learn. Somebody had to teach me. And if you don't go to church, you're not going to be taught. You're not going to learn what God said. People stay home and they never grow. They never learn. Some people give their heart to God, but they never go to church. They never listen to the message. What are you hearing? That's the thing. You've got ears to hear and eyes to see what goes down in your spirit. They're the gateway to your spirit. And it's not about being politically correct. It's the truth. The Bible says the truth. Now look at me, church. The truth that you know. Not no. It doesn't talk about the head. Most scripture talks about the heart. Because it's from the heart man believes. Not with the head. The head will mess you up. The head will get you confused. The head will put stuff in there that's not in there. The head will interpret what's not to be interpreted. And that's exactly what the Pharisee and Sadducee did. They interpreted according to being politically correct. They was telling God he don't know what he's talking about. That's what religion does. That's the spirit of religion. It's the spirit of pride. You will talk, and your pastor don't know what he's talking about. Oh, really? You weren't there when I got saved. It was the scripture that I know. I believed in my heart. I confessed with my mouth, and it happened. Had nothing to do with my fat head. Had nothing to do with that block that messes my life up. It'll mess you up. That head will mess you up.